0: Welcome to a Wine Affair Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, we welcome Kate Rochelle from Survives on Wine, and we're very excited to have her tonight. Welcome, Kate. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Yes. So we're excited to talk to you. Um, Before we talk and get into all your very interesting and exciting stuff, um, we are going to talk about what we're pouring tonight. That's one of our traditions here on on Wine Affair. So let's talk about the wines in our glasses tonight. And our guest goes first, of course. Okay. Tell us about what's in your glass.
1: So I picked a very special sparkling wine. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's Philippa Pato. Her father, Louis Pato, is a very famous winemaker in Portugal, and she is just as amazing so the wine is from the Bayrada region which is south of the Douro Valley Um, it's kind of it's north of Lisbon south of Porto kind of right in this in-between area and it is very it just makes stunning sparkling wines so when you see like a Bayrada sparkling wine get it because it will be good (laughs) Um, and the grapes in this are Bical, Circelle, and Maria Gomez, and you've probably never heard of any of those, and that's totally okay. (laughs) Um, Bical, you might have heard of if you drink Madeira wine, because that's a pretty Uh, big grape in Madeira wines. But other than that, it's just, it's a stunning wine. Sounds Uh, delicious. You sold
0: me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Andy, what's in your glass?
2: I am loving my pour tonight. I love finding Portugal wines, but a lot of them, you get so used to them, and I wanted to find something special for tonight's call so Kate could share a little bit more. Uh, she already helped me learn how to pronounce it. It's from the Alentejo region, which is in the south across from Lisbon, so I'm super excited to go and visit. It's the Carte de Fita Preta. Mm-hmm. So it's a very fun one so far, Um, hasn't needed a lot of time to open up, uh, but it's been really nice with kind of uh, dark fruits, but still lighter on the palate. Mm. So it's like perfect after a long day, perfect now that it's cooling down, but I think it'd also be a really nice summer wine as well. Um, So it's really making me want to go to Portugal and just travel (laughs) around and eat and drink. I think it's neat. It has three different grape varietals blended into it that I wanted to share because I think one of the neatest things about Portugal, and you mentioned it, like never heard of these grapes, uh, but I had heard of, I had heard of one. Um, so it's Aragon, Aragones. The one I knew of is the Triga Nacional. Yes. And then the Alicante Boucher, mm-hmm. Boucher. Um, so I was very excited to try all of these, especially as I'm wanting to dive more into Portugal. So I'm loving how light it is. Um, well-priced, super fun label and everything. Neat story. And uh, yeah, thank you for the recommendations. Excited
0: to pour some Portugal wine tonight. Yeah. And then I am having the Cayes de Rivera. Riber- and this is one I have not tried. Um, and it's just, it's fantastic. I just want to sit here and sip it all night long. It's um, it's very fresh and, and lighter than I expected, actually. Um, and on the nose, just that black fruit comes through, that blackberry, the dark plum. I'm definitely getting a little bit of cedar note on here, too. Mm, um, nice. and, and that earthy. Definitely, that's. I mean, what I love about Portuguese wines too is I can always. It almost feels like I can smell the region every time I have one of these. So it. I definitely have that and violet. Very strong violet on the nose on this one, which is really pretty. Um, and then on the on the on the palate, just all this dark fruit. It's just a gorgeous wine. Dark fruit, really pretty. Um, a little bit of spiciness, but not too much. It's very well balanced. And this is a 2015, so it's got that nice age on it, and it's just really mellow, and it's got that little ring around the rim and that color that's really intense. Um, also, what's interesting about this is the middle part of this wine is very complex, and I'm still trying to figure out all of the flavors. I definitely get the start and the finish, and it has a nice long finish to it. It has a little tiny bit of vanilla on the end, too, but that middle is just so complex, and I'm I'm really trying to still figure it out. But I love that about it. It's really, really cool. So this is a great find too. And reasonably priced again, which I have to say, Kate, and Kate, can you speak to that? Because I, I feel like people don't, like, it's, they're so affordable and such a great value. Like, haven't you found that?
1: Yes. Um. So Portuguese wine, what I have found not only outside of Portugal, but in Portugal, wines are super accessible and affordable for everyone. Um, I mean, we could grab, when we were there, you could grab a great bottle for four euros. I mean, and it was a great bottle. (laughs) And that same wine is probably sold here for like $20. So if that, you know, if that just gets you kind of into, you know, the importer, the uh, distributor, all that, but still a $20 bottle, of Portuguese wine in America is still a really great price in my opinion. Um, sure. so, but I mean, you can find wines from, I think probably a Vino Verde, like a standard Vino Verde you can find for like $8 here. Um, and I think the price is so good right now because Portugal's still kind of untapped, um, and not, not everyone really knows about it yet. And I think because the grapes are grapes that they're not finding in other regions and other countries, maybe that might have something to do with it. And maybe when everybody is more educated on it outside of Portugal, maybe the prices will go up, but (laughs) I'm not, I hope not.
0: Yeah. I I
1: find, yeah, but I find you can get extremely well-priced bottles. Like for example, my wine, I think was $30. And it is an incredible sparkling wine. I mean, it was aged on its for nine months. It is it has so many layers of flavor. It is spectacular. And I would pit it up against, I mean, a grower champagne, and I'd probably pick this one. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But it's <laughs> just, to, it's just to kind of get you thinking, you know, you can buy really great wines at such a great value. And maybe it is because people just aren't as familiar with Portugal.
2: Yeah, I love that. There's this other red wine we find and it's like $9.99 to 12. And it's Silk and Spice or Spice <clears throat> Road. Oh my Silk god Silk and Spice. I just had Silk it Spice. like yeah. three days ago. <laughs> Yes, it's one of I have it on my wine rack yes. and I was like, "No, we picked out a different one so I can learn about it tonight." And no, it's such a good one. It's one I take like to friends' houses and it always I love it when they're like, "Oh, this is so good." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and it's I sometimes you look at the price and you think, "Oh, that can't be good because it's it's under $10." But when you understand where it's from and just how they make it and just like the regions that like you said are untapped, Like, thank you for that because it's a wonderful red. It's so smooth and it's a hint of the vanilla spice, Mm -hmm. but it's super smooth like silk. So I know I almost poured that one. I was like, we're going for the new one.
1: (laughs) I love that because I almost did as well because I have another glass left in the bottle. But I was like, no, I'm going to go with the sparkling because no, I don't think anyone knows that they're
2: well known for sparkling wine. No. And I'm now I'm going to have to look. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's perfect. Yes, yeah, so much fun, and I'm so excited to learn more about like your love of Portugal and how you discovered the country and the wine. Uh, but first, give us a little bit more of your background. I know it's it's been fun, especially launching this podcast, because especially over the last few years through the pandemic and being online more, I feel like we've all gotten to know each other so well over the few years. Uh, but it was all done virtually. Yeah. So Kate and I were on an Instagram group, uh, but we all all follow each other and all interact in each other's lives and post And I just thought it was so neat uh, to now have you like speaking live and connected, um, but still, you know, learning so much more about you and your story. So I'd love to kind of hear about your background and your journey into the world of wine. Well, okay.
1: So where to start? Um, I started as a fashion designer. So Long ago, I was a fashion designer. I went to school for it, designed, took kind of a career hiatus and worked at Total Wine in Palm Beach Gardens in Florida for a year. (laughs) And it was so much fun. I was actually saving to move to Europe. And long story short, I came back to America and (laughs) and was like, okay, wine, wine, I like this. I'm going to go back to it. But I wasn't ready. You know, when you... You get really into something, but you know you're not ready to fully immerse yourself in it, but you know you're going to circle back to it. That's kind of what happened when I worked at Total Wine for a year. I was totally into it, but I was still in a design mode. I still wanted to be a designer. I wasn't quite ready to fully go into wine. So I started my own design company. I designed textiles, fabrics, dyed fabrics, taught, did all of that, and then life happened. I got cancer (laughs) and things kind of threw me for a loop. I got, I got, I became in remission, um, from cancer and then the pandemic happened. And so (laughs) no one was buying, right. No one was buying quilts and textiles. You know, they were really more focused on things that weren't art. And so I kind of reevaluated what I was doing and I started studying, for my W set levels and and I got fully immersed in wine and it kind of just
2: snowballed from there. It came back to you. I love it. Yeah. I, it always comes back when you need it. It does. It's definitely a full circle.
0: Love that. I love. Um, Kay, could you tell us a little bit more about the the meaning behind Survives on Wine? Because I know yeah. that the name of your podcast has some deep meaning for you, and I'd love to hear that story too, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So when
1: I got cancer, um, I, you know, you have to kind of take something bad that happens and not make light of it, but kind of be able to get past it because it's a lot of trauma and um, it was traumatic and I still, still am dealing with lovely side effects and everything from all my surgeries. So I needed to kind of, make it fun and light. And so survives on wine, just kind of came out of me. I don't, I don't know exactly how I thought of it. But when I when I was like, all right, survives on wine, because I am surviving wine is part of it. I want wine to be my future. So I'm surviving on wine. (laughs) And that kind of, it kind of just it made sense to me and, and I didn't, you know, I was hoping no one thinks it's dark humor because it's not, it's, and it's not Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm surviving on wine. You know, I have a drinking problem. No, I, I, I'm so passionate about wine. I want it to be how I survive getting through
2: everything. So.
0: No, I, I,
2: I get that. And I think that's so moving. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. love that.
0: It's, it's, it's so, it's so empowering to hear that, that you took that, that part for yourself. So that's, I I love that you just made something really powerful for yourself and, and sort of just like steered it into the direction that you wanted it to go. That's really great. Yeah. Thank you. And
2: I think what I love too is, you know, you blend the two worlds together, like you had this love for fashion, another form of art. Wine, to many of us, are art. Maybe not everyone sees it as art at first, but when they really fall in love with it, you realize how true of an art and a passion it can be and so you kind of mentioned earlier you always liked wine you worked for total wine kind of what was the first thing that drew you in to the interest of wine and made you kind of want to pursue it further with the w set or even kind of turn it into a business
1: um I think it started like I was really fortunate growing up I grew up with um a family that collected wine, had a nice cellar and I got to travel and go to wine regions. So I think that kind of when I, but I mean like this is when I was young. So it was always something, wine was always really special. We always had really good bottles for special occasions. It was something that it either brought people together. It may, you were celebrating something. So it was always a positive, like, so wine was always there as a positive. And then when I was working at total i I just love the learning aspect. I loved you know there's so much to learn, and I think I'll be a forever student, and I don't mind that because I love being in school um <laughs> but there's you can't ever learn at all, so I think for me, it was something where I was able to go oh wow i can I can kind of just keep studying and learn and I love teaching. I taught dyeing and sewing, so for me. I think I was like, all right, well, I can make pretty maps, I can keep using my art, I can use my passion for everything I did in design and bring it in to my wine world. And it'll help me study because I'm a visual learner, but then it hopefully will help others. And so it kind of just all connected when I had the time during COVID. Mm. I think if COVID... If cancer hadn't happened and then COVID right afterwards, I don't think I probably would be in wine right now. I think I probably would have just stayed in design and that would have been it. And I would have just enjoyed wine. But I think that gave me time to kind of reevaluate everything in my life and slow down and decide what I wanted my future to look like, which I never really thought about. I was just did and didn't really think about what I wanted in the future. And I think as much as like the COVID period was horrible, it let me slow down and have the ability to start studying and really figure out where my niche was and what I wanted to focus on. So.
0: Wow, that's that's an amazing story. I love that. <laughs> and now you have an, yet another focus, which is your passion for Portugal. Which And thank you because I'm enjoying the wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what what ignited this love for, for such a historic wine region? Because it has so much history. Such a great place to get obsessed with. What was it about it, Portugal?
1: So I, I'm trying to think what the initial, like how I initially decided Portugal was it for me. Um, before I had ever been, it was always... A place I was like oh yeah I really want to go but it was never like I, I just kept going back to France or kept going somewhere else and I think once I finally went there I was like oh yeah okay this is it this it's got history culture food the people are wonderful the wine the stories I just it was like I I think I fell in love right after we left the airport I was driving on the highway to our first hotel an hour away and I was like I love it here there's mountains <laughs> and windmills and vineyards everywhere I mean it, it's one of those you're just it's picture perfect everywhere wow. and I I just fell in love instantly and then when I started actually like talking to the the sommeliers at the restaurants and the uh wineries we went to and hearing the stories about how people have farmed the land for generations because there's not a lot of migration. So literally the same people that might have picked the grapes for this wine, their family for hundreds of years might have been working for that same family. And to me, that just, that was beautiful. You know, we live in America. It's such a young country. We don't have anything like that here, Mm -hmm. at least if you're not a Native American. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it was just, I don't know. It just every, it ticked every box and I just got the spark to be like, okay, this is what I'm focusing on. And I think it helps that not a lot of people focus on Portugal. So it kind of gives me an opportunity, hopefully, to be able to try to educate people in Portugal, especially English people, English speaking people, because I I I don't think in America there's too many people focused on just Portugal. So I was hoping to kind of find a little hole for me, just like a little place that I could shine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's amazing. I love that. And that's, I mean, that's, that's how I felt about France when I went there. It's, it's just, it's such a personal thing, how it just hits you. That place just resonates, you know, you you just know, like, that's your place. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I totally, I totally relate to what you just said. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I think, one of the
2: the parts that really resonated with me was talking about how there's always so much to learn. And that is that was I had to challenge myself tonight to go find something out of my comfort zone because I already have some Port- Portuguese wines I love. Um, but it is there's so many grapes, like just learning how to pronounce them, learning about their history. They've been around For centuries and we just aren't familiar with them. So it is challenging ourselves to get more acquainted with it. And I think, I think that's been the coolest thing too, like learning your story and how you fell in love with it. And I think especially the the beauty behind the maps you've been drawing, like sitting here talking to you, I can see some of them in the background. I've been following you online, everything from photography to your writing Mm -hmm. um, to the artwork, kind of what's what does the like, future look like now that you're looking at what you want to do next as you you know discover more of por- Portugal?
1: I think right now um, in like, the present, I really want to work on building infographics um, around the biggest and most used grapes in Portugal. So I've started, I'll, I'll probably be starting to put them out in the next month or so, but I want to... F- I want people to be able to learn about the grapes, just like you see a wine infographic about, you know, Pinot Noir. I want people to be able to have the visual and the writing you, um, for Tariga Nassianel, you know, so that they'll see it and they'll go, oh, that might remind me of so-and-so grape because those are the same flavors that I might pick up. Maybe I should try that. Or if it's a grape that they don't have any interest in the flavor profile, that's great. Then don't get that one move on kind of Mm -hmm. that's, that's always how I think infographics help people or at least they help me and visuals. And that's why I make my like visual wine tasting notes because I'm like, okay, well, if someone sees those, you know, flavors and aromas and they don't like them. Okay. Don't, don't drink the wine, move on to another one. So (laughs) I want to make it easy for people. Um, But I also, you know, not, I'm trying to think I want to do the infographics now and I want to do stories, um, about different wineries, different places I visit, uh, different producers I talk to, but eventually my like long-term goal would be to write a book and to have a book about the stories of the wine, the winery workers. So the, the people that actually prune the grapes, they harvest the grapes. They're the ones who are taking care of the vines and that maybe their families have their great grandfather might've been doing it too, because their stories I think are so special, especially in Portugal where it is typically this, they don't leave their, you know, they don't really move around like we do in America. They, they kind of, if they're from, Indianapolis they're gonna their kids are gonna be in Indianapolis their kids you know it's they kind of don't branch out even though it is a small country what I've noticed is people really stay in their community so I think there's a ton of stories there that I'd love to explore and write about and my partner is a great photographer and I'd love for him to like strong arm
2: him into doing the photos for it (laughs) but that's my like long-term goal (laughs) I love that. When yeah. I think we were, we were teasing about this when we've talked about Portugal before, like we all want to like chip in, let's all go, you know, buy a vineyard. You know, it's like the movie, buy, we bought a zoo. Yes. Well, we bought a vineyard in Portugal. <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's, such a beautiful country to hear you talk about it and to know like even a good friend of mine he uh, was visiting there right now was asking me questions about wine regions in general and I like sent him to your page because you know it's I can read it in a book but it means so much more to hear it from someone who's firsthand experienced it so I've really enjoyed um, learning your story and your passion behind it and two kind of how can people get connected with you like where do you want that like where should our listeners go go to learn more about Portugal and to learn more about survives and wine um well thank
1: you first of all (laughs) for sending your friend there (laughs) that means a lot um (laughs) so right now I am working on it's a my it's called substack and it's where a lot of writers journalists they have newsletters they publish articles um it's a free platform which is amazing and you can have paid subscribers free subscribers Um, and it's just a place where I can post articles. I can post my wine infographics. So I have everything there right now. And that's really where I'm focusing everything on, um, you can find me on Instagram. I I have to admit I have taken an Instagram hiatus right now. So I haven't been on this month and, and I'm kind of enjoying it. So I might be another month of not having it <laughs> um or not being active on it. I have it still. But yeah, so my Substack um is really where to find me and it's uh it's just it's a really fun place. I have wine infographics um that will be coming out with Portugal wines I have tasting notes and it's not just Portugal like I have I have some wine infographics for some basic like Chardonnay Pinot Noir those grapes as well but now everything is kind of going to be focused infographic wise on Portugal because that's just where I where I am right now
0: (laughs) I love it we'll follow along yeah well Kate from the bottom of my heart thank you so much I I have followed you and loved you and all of that for quite a while, and Andy has been with you as well. And I just, I, I'm. It means so much that you came on and did our our podcast with us. I loved hearing your story, and I'm sure our listeners are gonna love it too. So thank you so much. And hopefully, when you write that book, we'll have you back on, and you can tell us (laughs) more about that. Definitely. So I look forward to that. (laughs) For sure. No pressure. No, no (laughs) pressure. No pressure. We are, not, we are no pressure here. But thank you so uh, well, so much. We really appreciate. I've had you a great time.
1: Me. Oh, good. Oh, I've had a great time. I love doing this. This was so much fun.
2: Good. Okay. We'll thank have to you. do a, a deep dive into more regions so I can learn how to pronounce the other ones as well. So yeah. okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. Cheers. 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 Go back to enjoying the wine. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks.